Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast on the Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. Benjamin Butler, how you doing, buddy? Oh, Brian House, I am well. Yourself? Well, I'm tired and I'm hot yeah. and I'm sweaty. Check. This is the time Check. of year where Florida turns into like a, I don't know, like Satan's buttholes, like how I try to like turn it, you know, give you a description <laughs> yep. of, because not only is Satan in hell and he's hot, but now yeah. we're in the crease. We're inside of that little crevasse. Uh, the like salty, the ass neck region. Yeah, like or lower. The, you know, ever have you ever seen anybody that's got like like the neck furters where they, you know, I'm yeah, yeah. getting that now that I'm getting I all had fat that and everything with the COVID. Yeah. Oh, you had yeah. that. I had the well, I had that, and I had the COVID hair furters. You know that were growing the on the neck furters. rolls. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and you know that sometimes people get like the neck furter cheese, the stuff yeah. that kind of like the oh, white yeah, creamy yeah, yeah. stuff that gets. I don't know if yeah, it's yeah. like. Just skin cells or just whatever, what but that's that's kind of what's happening over here in Black Florida. Heads. And yeah, oh, yeah blackhead this, this seeds is turning into a very gross, <laughs> very gross podcast, very fat. Which, by the way, I'm not apologizing for at all because I think it's fucking great. And uh, you can have your neck burners. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to what I was saying about being hot, I you know in my shop I have that mezzanine that that uh-huh. uh, like yep. second floor shelving thing that I built that's like at the top of my grind room. Yep. Well, that doesn't get air conditioned uh, because like I have one of those mini splits. It just kind of fills like the lower eight feet of the shop. Right. It doesn't really go much higher than that. And um, so my um, in my infinite wisdom, I decide. I need to put some shelving up there. So I, I, this all started because I got the kiln out of the crate. It's been sitting here for so long and I haven't done anything with it. And I posted a thing about how I made the little kiln stand with the wheels on it and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, when you add something to your shop, you start feeling like, Oh, all right. Now I, the walls are closing in a little uh-huh. bit, you know, I said small it's like, shop. Yeah, that small shop curse, you know. It, it is. Look out. And so I'm like, <laughs> well, the only place to go is up. So, oh, yep. you know, I'm like, all right, I had this industrial shelving from Sam's Club. 
And, uh, I'm, and it's just collecting junk in the computer shop. And I'm like, you know what? That's in my office. It's creating like a, a zone for just absolute shit. Like the guys keep throwing stuff up there. I'm like, just yep. throw this stuff away. Like what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so I decide, I tell them like, look, dismantle that thing, throw all the stuff out and then we'll bring it over here and we'll reassemble it up there. Yeah. And dude, I I mean, I must have drank like three gallons oh, of water. Especially I was doing. Like it's got to be ninety degrees up there. Yeah, yeah hotter up there, hot. right? I I but I got a new shelf and that. it looks great. Nice. So I don't have all the shit like piled up and like I don't have to jump over stuff to get to another spot. So that's nice. It's funny how that I I have hit that wall several times in the past, like two months even, where you get something new or you get a new tool. Um, and that just totally throws the whole like feng shui out of balance, you know, It does. <laughs> like I got the, um, it's called a joint maker pro, which is a tool from bridge city Toolworks. Bridge city is a, well, they were a kind of like a boutique tool manufacturer out of Portland. I, I believe it was. And then recently a lot of their stuff's been moved over to China, um, but still the same John Economicai or something is the dude's name who was like the founder. And so still the same founder, but they've just moved it over there for efficiency's sake, more or less, you know, as things do. <laughs> but I got a tool from them that's efficiency, this joint, quote unquote. <laughs> joint maker. More, they need to make yeah, more I'll money. Stop there. <laughs> I got this like joint maker pro. Financial which is, efficiency right through <laughs> Chinese distribution. You too can, you can make a your fortune. bottom line. <laughs> so uh, so I got this tool and it came with a stand, you know, and and it's not a very big tool. It's maybe it's basically it is a Japanese pole saw with a table that moves on top. So the saw itself stays stationary, but you push the workpiece over the saw. So it's kind of a really cool idea. It's like flipped on its head completely, you know, where you take this flimsy saw that you would normally use, you know, by pushing and pulling it against the, the wood and you mount that thing stationary and then it has two independent tables so you could move the right side or the left side of the saw blade so what that allows you to do is to keep that saw blade at a perfect 90 degree you know perfectly perpendicular to those tables so you can cut all kinds of really intricate joinery and stuff you know like you can take a slice off the end grain of a board that's so paper thin you can see through it (laughs) <laughs> which just is crazy. So cool. So I got that, but it came with this big ass stand that's literally three feet by almost two feet. And it's like 40 inches tall. And I'm like, where the fuck am I going to put this? <laughs> and you know, the, man, why is it so it's huge? Is it because I have you're, no you're idea. able, is it because like you can, uh, you you know put bigger pieces of wood on it i would assume yeah well the stand is sort of like an afterthought i think the tool itself is pretty compact it's like 18 by 20 maybe and the tool itself could sit on a workbench or whatever so i don't know i may disassemble the table or the the stand put that away because that's really what's taking up the room, the tool itself sure. you know shit i can hang it on a wall um sure so but it was just Jack was all excited to put it together. And so I'm like, go for it, dude. You, you put it together. And he's, 
actually surprisingly good at that stuff. And he got her knocked out, and I'm like, all right, now what the fuck are we going to do with it? <laughs> so <laughs> You're probably going to make some content with it. I mean, oh, you'd yeah. you proud no. of me, man. You, I've been, my work, workshop smells like wood because nice. I took the pallet from the crate that all right. Paragon sent. Jackman And style. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, it's nice wood. It's like thick. Yeah. Um, it feels like oak. I think it's like yep. dug fur, though. It's like heavy Depends. dug fur. Depends. Sometimes the heavier duty pallets. Yeah. If it's like, I can't remember what the weight cutoff is for shipping, but usually like industrial shipping places, if you're above several hundred pounds or whatever, then they'll do a hardwood pallet instead of a a softwood pallet, I think. And, you know, that way it's a little more durable, a little stronger. Would Um, Doug Fur be considered hardwood? Not really. I don't think so, right? Because it's in the pine family. Yeah, it's heavier. Because this wood does not feel like whenever like Grizzly ships me something, their pallets feel like I can almost, like it's like cardboard, but it's wood and I can just break it in half. This is not that scenario. These are like three quarter inch thick. Um, You know, they have heavy sap on them a little bit, but they're not too bad. And I'm like, you know what? This is good wood. Why would I toss this yeah. up? You know, I Hell decided yeah. to do like a wood and steel sort of look. And then I thought, well, shit, I'm putting this under like a kiln that gets like 2,000 degrees. And I was right. a little concerned. But a bunch of people on Instagram had posted and because I had mentioned it in the little story that I did. And they said, no, no, no. I put mine on my wooden bench and I have that no, exact kiln good. and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't radiate heat. That's impressive heat that it that doesn't radiate heat. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of even yeah. like my damn Coleman stove from camping has melted more shit, you know, right. <laughs> just from sitting it on something yeah. and using it. That's a, well, a lot this of insulation. Has like, well, yeah, when you see the unit, it looks big, right? It's you, yeah. But like on all sides, top, bottom, you know, every side, it's like three inches of... It must be more than that. It looks like more than that. It could be like three or four inches of fire brick. Yeah. So I assume, you know, it keep, even my kiln, my old ass kiln that I use, that I've been yeah. using previously, that thing, you could not probably put your hand on the outside. You know, you'd burn your hand a little bit, but, yeah. you know, there's stuff all around it and it doesn't get hot or you know at yeah. all i never get concerned about that so that's cool i mean this fire brick insulation is no joke Makes the one sense. downside though i will say so i get it all unwrapped and they paragon uses a funky 240 volt plug of course that i don't have the receptacle for every 240 so, i've ever gotten it's all different like, yeah, why the fuck different. can't we get on the same page and use the exact same plug? I, I I've don't, got it three different outlets in my shop, and all three of them are different. Do you have Do you have the the two forty plugs where they're side by side, but they're flat like this? Like they're mm, I know, don't, but I've seen those. That's more like the European style. Who uses that? I don't know. Who has this in their shop? I've never seen I, that before. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it, it's so weird. Like when you go to Europe or other places to see their wall plugs, yes. right? Because it looks like their wall plug, but it looks like a bigger version of that. And flat. You know, the yeah. Two, yeah, and flat. So I'm just, I'm annoyed huh. because now I have to. Yeah. So I went on Amazon. I found all the shit to convert yep. or whatever. And I'm just, just like, well, now I'm going to make my. So here's what I decided to do. I'm going to make an extension cord using yeah. um, 
SJOOW, which is this uh, 10 gauge uh, wire mm-hmm. that's that's like a, got a black sort of shielding on it. It's like loose. It's almost, flexible. It feels like yeah. yeah, it's flexible. It's not like standard 10 gauge. <clears throat> yeah, that's and the I'm problem with 10 gauge. Yeah, it is because you can't bend it. If you it's solid copper, it. you can't. Yeah. I ended up um, a couple of different times in the past, and I did it with my table saw this time. I just direct wired the damn thing. You know, it's I like, thought about that. Yeah. I'm not going to go with a freaking plug. I'm like, screw it. Because I think they here, wanted like 30 bucks for the do that, plug. I'm like, oh, yeah. This? <laughs> well, here's what here's the reason why I don't want to do that is that this is like the little fancy, right. schmancy. You know, it's got Wi-Fi on, and tell you, like, on your phone yeah. and all that shit, right? Well, when you look at the interior wiring of it, it they hardwired it all and they crimped it real nice on the inside. The minute I cut all that, you know, my warranty's gone. And I haven't even, like, turned it on yet. So I don't even know yeah. if it works. I'm just like, well, if I take that freaking wire out of there, they're going to know I did that. And then it's right. going to void the warranty. Void the warranty. And, all right. And, yeah. yeah, I don't want to do that, so. But yeah, you know, the good, the good thing is, is that, uh, I feel like, um, I feel like I'm gaining some traction in my shop by, okay. So I added the kiln, right. And it's on this cart yeah. and I'm doing the thing with the pallet wood and it looks really cool and all that. And what it did was it inspired me to basically clean all my shit up right? because <laughs> my shop was a friggin' disaster. After now you gotta that. do a shop tour. I'm going to, oh man, everybody always asks me for shop tour. I, know. I, I just don't. It, it would you, take me like 10. weird about stuff like that. It'd take me like two minutes. You know? I feel like it's so small, you know, <laughs> but then but when I get talk into, about every tool, I yeah. think that would be the kind of the cool part is, and if not you know, every discuss tool, what's going like, on with each tool different. I just found a guy, he's brand new to YouTube and I don't remember his name, but pumping out the videos and he did a shop tour that was pretty cool because it was he he kind of went quickly over the the major tools. His his shop was just about the exact same size as mine and I'll be damned if he didn't have it laid out more or less exactly the way I do too, which I don't see that very often. Is he a knife maker often. or a woodworker? No, he was a woodworker. Okay. And it was pretty much laid out exactly the way I have it. And he spent more time talking about why he laid it out the way he did, um, which I thought was kind of cool, you know. And then he he spent a lot of time talking about efficiency, you know. And he's like, "We see, I see all these videos where people lay their shops out to be more efficient and this and that." He's like, "I'm in a fucking fifteen by twenty box." He's like, "I don't need to think about efficiency. Everything is two steps away from me." <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> How how much more efficient can you get? I've got all the major woodworking machines crammed into a tiny space. That's it. <laughs> you know, he's like, there, it's efficient. <laughs> Which I thought was a I, good point. I would, you watch Jay Bates? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, you know, he built that or moved into a big, yep. uh, big, big shop. shop. He bought a house. He's got a big shop. Super jealous of that, and um, yes, and he he talks a lot about that too, about efficiency in a workshop and how other people discuss it. And Jay, I don't know if a lot of people know who he is, but he's a YouTuber, and he mm-hmm. doesn't make furniture or cabinetry to sell. He makes it yeah. to create plan sets so that he can sell those. Yep. And he says, you know, people ask me all the time about 
you know, hey, will you build me kitchen cabinets or will you build me an end table or whatever? And he's like, I don't do that. I, you know, yeah. um, it's kind of like me and knife making. I bet like he has I, a hard time with that question all the time. Like probably every time somebody yeah. asks him, he has to explain the whole thing, <laughs> you know? Yes. And I have to explain it too, because yeah. I make knives and yeah. I don't sell them typically, you know, yep. I give them away. Usually uh, I get yeah. asked all the time. People want to buy my knives and you know, maybe at some point I will. I'm just a really yep. slow knife maker and I got a lot of stuff going on yeah. around knife making and knife making for me is something I love doing and I don't want to turn it into work. Yeah. It's, it's something that I would rather take, you know, six months to make a knife and not worry about the customer. I have yep. enough customers. I yeah. don't need any more. So I'm like thinking like, all right, Somebody asked me to make them a knife. This is my approach. And it have it would have to be somebody close yeah. to me, like a family member or a long-term friend. Uh, and I tell them, look, I'll make you a knife. You cannot pay for it. Yeah, I'll make it for you, and I'll send you one. And they go, oh, no, 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 I want to pay for it. And I go, look, it's going to yeah. take me a long time to make it, and it's not going to be perfect, show up and I'll feel better about it. it. <laughs> yep I, and i'm gonna make you whatever the fuck i think you should have yeah and exactly. you're not gonna say in it at all and then yep, i send it yep. to them and they're like holy shit this yep. is awesome you know because they didn't pay for it and whatever else and it was yep. a gift and so that's how i do it anyway jay bates he has a really cool shop but it's not for production although it's yeah. set up for production and um one of the things he he always talks about is that anchor uh uh, middle of the room, yeah, anchor, the island, uh, like what um, do they call that? A workbench oh, island or something like that. Yeah, so I there's a name remember. for it. Yep, the center of the is. room. There's always a workbench. Yep. And Travis from uh, Shop Nation talks yeah, a lot about that too. Yeah, he just built a killer workbench. Yeah, he spends a lot of time on his, and he does the yeah, same does. thing where he makes plans and he, you know, develops these systems and all of that because he's got a really small garage as well. I think it's a little bigger now. He moved into a three car. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, so the the concept that I am thinking about for my shop, because my shop does do production work. I mean, we're we're making things all the time, um, you know, developing grinder parts and developing prototypes and doing all that other stuff. So I need it to be efficient for, you know, for that purpose. What I have discovered is that I need that center island uh, workbench like everybody else does, but I need it to be quite small and I needed to move around so I could add to it. So I started coming up with this concept of a modular uh, workbench system that people could build on their own and then include attachments for it. Kind of like the grinder. Uh, If you think, think in terms of like a trailer hitch where you would have um, a shelf with a, with a a tube on it, piece of tube steel, like the platen arm on a grinder Yep. But on attached to that plate would be, say, a bench grinder or a jigsaw or um, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a, a different kind of grinder or, or um, perhaps a vise or multiple yeah. different types of vises, vices. And then when you're done with it, you would slide it in, lock it into place. And then when you're done with that, you would remove it and then you would uh, put it on uh, a, like a, a stand or, or maybe yep. somewhere mounted in your shop where you could lock it in place. Have There's a company seen... that makes something like this called yeah. Versa Lock or something like okay. that. Have you seen this? Trick I tools haven't seen Versa Lock. I've seen. Have you seen the Palk workbench? P A U L K. No. Ron Palk is a dude. Oh, I think he's up in Washington State. 
he is a contractor. He's a general contractor. So a woodworker pretty okay. much. Does a lot of finished carpentry stuff. Um, and he basically made what you just described for woodworking and finished carpentry and that kind of thing. His workbench okay. design, basically, he built sort of like a torsion box, um, you know, which is two layers with a web in the middle, more or less, you know, like imagine a grid of, you know, four inch uh, pieces of plywood on the inside, you know, four inches tall. Okay. So it looks like, um, oh gosh, I don't know what it looks like. And yeah, it looks like a an I-beam in the middle, kind of. And then the top is just full of dog holes. So it has three quarter inch holes. So you got all kinds of work holding options. And then that inside where the webbing is, he made that like tool cubbies. Because the most annoying thing, you know, when you're working, you got all your tools spread over the whole flipping workbench. So he made these little cubbies where, you, you know, you get in the habit of putting your tape measure in that cubby or your saw in that cubby or whatever the hell it is stays out of the way. But then he also makes a bunch of attachments that can sort of clip on. So he's got a little thing where you could clip on a uh, table saw. You can drop in a router uh, with a plate on it so that you got a router table and he's got uh, like grooves cut. So you could put a router table fence in there, you know, and it really modularized, really sort of, you can add this, take away that. And the whole thing uh, sits on two sawhorses. So he's got these custom sawhorses that he designed. Uh, they then fold up and fit right inside the damn thing. The whole thing, you know, fits depending on how big you make it. I think he typically makes his out of a four by eight sheet of plywood. But, you know, that's pretty big. But he also, you know, he's like, you can make it as big or as little as you want. He's like, that's no no problem. So it's kind of a neat design. I've thought of the same thing in my shop. I I like, I don't have that much space to move it, but I like that I can move my workbench. Um, and then I really go back and forth between that like traditional Rubo style workbench or a Nicholson style, work, you know, like woodworking bench or something like Travis just built, you know, just the decked out with drawers and router table and all that other shit in it. And I don't know, I've got sort of, in between right now mine's just probably 10 years old now and it's just two by fours and you know kind of slapped together and i keep adding to it (laughs) and uh it's got cubbies and you know no drawers but cubbies and uh some of those slide in compartments like you had with the plastic um uh, divider things for small parts and stuff and but that would be really cool to have if nothing else, a design that you could get, take inspiration from, from somebody that's, you know, doing yeah. the, that work. A, this Polk guy, is he on YouTube or is he? A, yeah, Instagram? he is. Okay. Yeah. Ron I, I have to look it Polk. Up. Ron Polk. All right. Yeah. Maybe we can shout him out to you. Okay. Uh, send some people his cool way. guy. Uh, my, my thought, my thought was to, I love my welding table, you know? It, yeah. It, it yep. really is a awesome addition to my shop. I use it all the time. I'm heavy. I can lean on it. I can, you know, crank on the vice and it won't move. 
The downside is, is it's four feet by two feet, which in my opinion is perfect for uh, me. I don't need anything larger than that, but I don't like that my vices are mounted on the top and I wish that they were kind of off to the side. And maybe if I had a little bit, like maybe if I had one that turned or whatever, it might Mm -hmm. make it a little bit more easy to use when, um, I, when I was brainstorming this with John, a buddy of mine, John out in Montana, and he, he was like kind of the originator. I don't remember exactly how we came to the conclusion of we were just brainstorming it together, but I'm pretty sure it was his concept. So I called him and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing your concept yeah. using the trailer hitch thing or whatever. He's, and I said, do you want to monetize it? Do you want to try to make some money on it? He's like, you know, I don't have a lot of time, so go ahead and make the videos or whatever. So that, that's what I'm in the process of working on nice. now. And then, um, so, but then, I got this feeling that someone must have already done this before. And yeah. that's how I found VersaLock or Versa Versa something. I can't, I'll, I'll look huh. it up. It's on Trick Tools. The Trick yeah. Tools YouTube channel has something really similar and they have some cool. really cool um, articulating arm things that lock yeah. into place. Here's what I don't like about the VersaLock system. It mounts to the top of the fucking table. So it like oh. basically... It, yeah, like, why wouldn't you mount it up underneath? I don't know. Yeah. It just, it like blew it for me. I was like, look at all that space you're eating up right. on the top of the table by mounting this big bracket there. And yeah. of course, every corner of the workbench has one. So every corner is now utilized for this yeah. mount and you have an arm coming off of it. But he made some really cool stuff and they're more of like fabricator guys and they make stuff Mm -hmm. for like cars and like doing body panels and all that. So they have like a shear and they have all these other things. The concepts are still the same. So I know people are going to go, that's just like the Versalock system. You just stole the Versalock system. I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't know it existed, number one. But number number two, they put it on the fucking top. And that's the whole point of this system is that I want to put the receiver up underneath. Yep. And it's up and out of the way. And if there's nothing attached to it, you wouldn't even notice it was there. You don't even know it's there. See, the problem problem that you have in a woodworking shop, in a small woodworking shop, you know, like mine, is that if I want to rip something long on a table saw... It's going to, you know, if it's an eight foot board, a yep. 10 foot board or whatever, gonna you know, it's going to have to go on a fucking table. I mean, it's got to hit yep. my workbench at some point or go over the top sure. of my workbench at some point. There was a guy. Oh, what the hell was it? Uh, the podcast is maybe I've said too much. And it was like Izzy Swan and oh, I can't remember a few other guys that were on there. Um and and they came up with this idea for a work it was like the the unworkbench or something they called it because it didn't have a top it was just no top boards that came up you know it was like take a take an i beam slice it 2 foot long and lay it on t- on top of a frame and oh. then the, the the top of all that made the top of your workbench right so yeah, you could yeah, set yeah. something on there but everything small you tried to sit on there would fall right through fall you know right the through. idea yeah, being yeah. that you I literally you. can't leave a tool sit on top of the workbench cuz it falls yeah, horizontal right through. surfaces well <laughs> yeah. and horizontal surfaces are and this I spent all freaking yes. week this oh. week figuring this out because I'm I've just got shit piled everywhere and I'm just like, I don't need all this stuff out. I got to figure a way out of this. If I I don't start the morning cleaning, 
It's a total oh my God, fucking man, mess. It's out of control, <laughs> especially when I'm working mess. on a prototyping project because, you know, I've got pieces everywhere and I'm yeah. trying to fit them together and I'm, you know, doing this. Yeah. And then meanwhile, I'm writing things down, I'm creating it in CAD. And then, you know, it's not conducive to clean up because if no. I'm in here 10 hours prototyping and then I go home or clean up and then I go home, I'm just going to pull it all out again. Yep. You know, so I've had yeah, Jack out in the dilemma. shop for the last couple of days with what I have oh, in my hand. Yes. You're working <laughs> yeah. on an Arduino project, right? Yeah, he's playing around. You know, he and I used to do so much of that stuff when he was probably six, five, six, seven years old. And then he kind of fell out yeah. of interest a little bit. Now he's coming back around and it's mostly you know, I think they've been doing some coding at school and stuff like that. So he, he was looking for something. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for four 99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To do the other day, and I said, "Well, I said you've been wanting to learn the Arduino. Why don't you get that thing out?" I was like, "Honestly, it's pretty damn easy. You can find code online. You know, every yeah. everybody that has a thing on YouTube is going to share their code with you." And I said, "If not, it's so dead easy to use. There's so many libraries." So. He came up with this idea. He wanted to have a a, a door lock, like an automatic uh, button push door lock for his bedroom. And then he opened, we have this big kit, like starter kit for Arduino. And it comes with all this shit, you know, RFIDs and keypads and cool. all this stuff. So he's going to make an RFID uh, door lock for his bedroom. So it'll basically just oh, be like one that. of those little barrel lock things you know that you would put on like a cabin door as a kid <laughs> you know just a little oh, lightweight yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing and then we'll just uh mount everything to a little piece of half inch plywood and attach it to his door and wires will go through for the rfid on the front with some plexiglass and some uh led lights that'll flash and shit like that so he's gonna issue cards to his bedroom <laughs> that's that's really cool i like it's that pretty neat. i i uh i have a friend uh who i haven't seen in a long time but lives in illinois uh was a mm -hmm. common production guy he worked for a tv station up there not the same one i work for but by the time i had met him he was freelancing and creating commercials in chicago for like big companies like lg and anyway he um he messaged me yesterday and he's like, you know, I want to build a children's museum exhibit uh, based around electronics. And I was hoping to uh, pick your brain. And yeah. I said, you know, my ex-wife has worked in children's museums for her whole life. So I'm going to connect those two. They nice. actually know each other from way back in the day. But um, I'm going to connect those two together. And so that maybe something comes of it. But then I saw you playing with your Arduino and I started thinking, yeah. you know what? I think he needs to get do the Arduino thing. And then what is the name of those um, little clip together electronics kits that um, oh. I know you've got one for Jack. I had one for Dexter. It's like called Shit. like little bits or something. Little like bits. That. Yeah. There's little, little bits, bits and then there's snap circuits. 
Snap circuit. Um, that's the other one I was yeah, thinking of. The snap so circuits thinking, work like, on like snap, like actual snaps, like snaps. on a kid's pants. You know. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, or so a, I was thinking like sending him the resources for the snap circuits and the little yeah. bits, and and then connecting him with Beth, and then see where that goes. I think that. Yeah project wise i'm not i mean i'm smart enough to i know enough about electronics to be dangerous but it's like yeah i think that those kits what they do is they create an environment like you're doing with jack where they're able to kind of build something i just want well, you know who jeremy fielding is yeah um, yeah he has a youtube channel. channel's great yeah He's he's building a robotic arm with like six motors. I saw that, in it. like an industrial one. Unbelievable Crazy, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. even fathom some of the shit that guy's doing. Anyway, I watched I his video on the robotic arm this morning, um, and then you know, of course, all the it's covers wild. and everything are three D yep. printed, and he's doing that some stuff, amazing um, stuff. That stuff always blows my mind, you know. And and um, number one, that people have that grand of an idea and, and go after it. Um, oh, Jeremy's without... a rock star, dude. I don't even <laughs> yeah, know how it's he, just if, if someone said make a robotic arm like that, I would be like, yeah. I don't know where the fuck but, to start on this. But then to also like, to me, if I was going to do something that big, right? Like a fucking robotic arm, it would have to have massive utility. Right. Like to just build it without like <laughs> <laughs> utility in mind. I right. always go like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I, my wife would like, what shoot am I gonna me. Do with this thing? Number one. Yeah, I get this <laughs> huge know? arm like, in my garage. That's just like serving arm the espressos. In the garage? Like, dear, <laughs> come on. We got shit to do. I can hear it already. You know, like, don't you have enough to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, there's a, a scene in that discussion. video from Jeremy. It was a real quick scene. I don't know if anybody really caught it or not, but um, he was like, there's a wrist. A motor that controls whatever and he put a jacket on the arm and the <laughs> arm like does some like real quick it was like a two second shot and the the, the robot is wearing like a, a tuxedo suit you know and it's like <laughs> you know like moves and uh anyway jeremy fielding yeah. if you don't know who he is google Good. him or youtube yeah. him and look into his stuff he's made his own cnc routers that's how yep. i found him um yep. you know looking into like doing that but it's but, also uh, one step at a time you know and that's yeah. what i keep telling jack like we're we are battling right now it's with the arduino mega so arduinos come in different sizes right there's like the uno and the mega and all these different sizes. And there's also a lot of different manufacturers. You can, you know, you can just buy direct from Adafruit, which is the, you know, the, the people who make Arduinos, yeah. but there's other people who are making them. It's a pretty simple circuit board. Um, yep, yep. Partic in particular with the mega for whatever build number they're on of the software side. And in particular, the IDE, which is where you write your code and then push it to the device itself. Every time we try to push, we get a timeout. We have not mm. successfully pushed any code. And I come to find out it's been a known issue now for like six freaking months. And Adafruit and the develop like nobody's fixed it. So like the Arduino Mega is, is functionally it USB interface. It is. I've tried six different cables. Um 
I've tried everything and literally have spent hours surfing the net to find a solution <laughs> and yeah, everybody's having uh, the problem. It's like nobody can yeah. push new code and I'm like, fuck. So I just bought a Uno. <laughs> like, screw it. It'll be so here in two days. So you bought a third party version of it just to see if you can <laughs> well, get I bought it. Well, I bought the smaller one because there's no issue with that version of the – I think – I think I found out what it is and I think I just need to put a resistor in my USB cable. I think it's getting there's it's either too much juice or not enough juice or something. Um Yeah, if you're putting so, a resistor in it's too much juice. Too much juice, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's filtering. That. Yeah. And so there's something weird going on, but talk about frustrating. And there you are with a, you know, 10-11 year old and the poor yeah, kid's got everything frustrated. built. You know, he's got and it all ready to rock. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's learning he's, that the Arduino is a huge He's pain learning that developers rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wow, in this was fun at the beginning. Now this thing doesn't yeah. work. And now like, I'm totally you, disheartened and will never, ever <laughs> yep. play with this thing ever again. <laughs> thus changing the trajectory of my entire life <laughs> and like, career. Yeah, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> the small one doesn't have the issue. And he right away comes over like, to the computer. How the hell? He puts yeah, it, why? goes right to Amazon. You know, he's like, Dad I, can, Dad, I can hit order. I can hit order like right now. It'll be here tomorrow, well, at least Dad. He's passionate about it, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's getting enthusiasm for it because so we'll see. it means that he wants to see it function. So, yeah. He might get and locked what in kid his bedroom wouldn't want, like, a, forever. <laughs> yeah. What kid wouldn't want an RFID to get in and out of his bedroom? You know, it's the ultimate, yeah. like, developer kit I, i've come to that conclusion the raspberry Pis are fun but they're just they're a little too onerous and and a little too uh heavy you know the arduino shit you can run it on a nine volt battery you know yeah. so that alone yeah. works pretty damn well so we'll see could be fun could lead to more i'm excited to have him back out in the shop more and it's cool i love it yeah, I, I think that's great, too. I'm trying to lure Dexter over here to hang out and do some yeah. knife work or whatever. He's uh, doing his thing, being a teenager and all that. And uh, yep. I remember those years. But um, yeah. hanging out with dad wasn't top priority. But uh, but he yeah. I've been every time he comes here, I always go, hey, you want to make a little money and, you know, you can pack parts. And, you know, of course, he doesn't have a job because he doesn't have a car and all that. Right. So he um you know decides okay yeah i want to make some money well by the time he's done packing everything it's time to leave and we didn't have any fun in the workshop so yeah this place has become a place of work in his mind right um so i yeah. need to change that up it's tough it's tough to find that time to just be playful with it too you know like even yeah. for myself i and i think we've mentioned that in the past right where you can remember when you first kind of got moving on all this, you know, where it was just fun. It was purely, I'm yeah. going to come out and fuck around for three days building a jig to do whatever the hell it was or building a widget to solve this problem or that problem. But, you know, when it starts to be either you you have to do it to create content or you have to do it to fulfill a, a customer order or whatever it is. Those problems are a lot more of a pain in the ass to solve, you know, because they're not your own and you're not passionate about them other than the bottom line. <laughs> you know, it's like exactly. a means to an end. I am yeah. with you. I don't want to. That's the whole point of not doing knife work for money right. so much is because 
I, again, don't want it to turn into work and I, I love doing it so much. Um, there, by the way, there's so much money to be made in that. Like, you know, every time I post a knife, uh, somebody yeah. will say, how much is that knife? And I'll say three fifty, you know, whatever. And they'll go, sure. I'll, I'll take two. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. I, I don't want to make you two and I don't want to sell any <laughs> right. of these. And, and then it becomes a weird, awkward conversation on messenger and, and, but then I think to myself, like, here, let me send you over to somebody that does make these right. full time. This is their job. They don't want to buy from someone they don't know. They want that yeah. piece of yeah. me. They want that piece of connection that we had yeah. at one time if we were close or family members or friends or whatever. So, uh, but there's been a select few people that I've made blades for and, um, and sent just like, you know, message them like, Hey, this is what's your address. You know, and I'll just send it to them. They don't even know it's like coming. Yeah. Um, and because I care so much about them and I, and they would ask me in the past is just like, I've got all these blades and halfway done, you know, they're all like in progress. And then I'll just get a wild hair up my ass and finish like five blades in one day. And, um, and then, uh, I'll, uh, send them all out. And to me, that's something I just, it's a labor of love. I make my money doing other things. I would rather not make money doing it doing that yeah. so um, makes sense not that there is and you do enough of, of it right you, to, you do enough of it to keep the creative juices going too with the grinder and and other potential products right and i think that's that's somewhat the key as well um every time i've know. developed a new attachment for the grinders because i've run into a new problem yeah with what i'm working on for someone else so i go okay well what do i need to make that happen or wouldn't wouldn't this work recipe yeah. better if i could do it this way or you know i need to make this kind of angle and grind this kind of way and then all of a sudden now i'm went from creative brian to, to um engineer and that just fueled an entire economy for me and yeah. I think that's ultimately what it's supposed to do. So I don't really mm-hmm. want to, you know, shorten that creative span by turning it into just production knife making. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's like the seed inside of me, the fire, the burn, the flame that that is what burns my the creative juices flow from that and then push me into an engineering side of things, which I yeah. really love. So I love both sides of it. Um, yep. And then when I get way off balance, I'm doing one thing and not the other. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this. I got to do something. Creative. Yeah, do you know, something. I'll just take a yeah. whole day or two or three or a yeah. whole week and just do and something. And there's fun, so many, you know, there's so many different uses for, for a, a, a belt grinder too, you know? So it's like, if you got two pigeonholed into just looking at it from a knife maker perspective, you know, then, then you oh, might. Sure not see opportunities elsewhere. And I still think there's so many opportunities for the tool. Like million that, ideas, you know? millions yeah. of ideas. I, that's the most, uh, useful tool in my that's workshop. And when anybody builds one, I get messages all the time. They're like, this is probably my number one tool that I use. And they're yeah. not just knife makers. These are people who are no. doing all kinds of other stuff. So they're saying that, this is the most useful tool they've ever had or owned. Yeah. You know, they use it just the options, else. even, you know, the, the amount of options that I see from everything from, you know, sanding a, a really tight radius to sanding something perfectly flat or, you know, grinding something perfectly flat. It's like, man, yeah. you just, the sky's the limit. Yeah. It's really, you one got of these that days, right, man. 
One of these days, I'm going to have to add We're going to have to build you one and send it to you. You know, or send you a welder anyhow. I don't know. You yeah, got, we got to get you up on. That's, we got to get you going with the welding. That's the big one, Jack. Throw Jack's some sparks in your shop that. and just. I know. <laughs> see what happens. You better have we'll a fire see. extinguisher handy. <laughs> How about it? Yeah. What Speaking of, of that, you got any projects going in your shop? Like, what are you up to? We yeah. haven't really. A couple things I want to address is I have been totally slacking off on the questions to ask the audience, and no definitely worries. need to get Me back too. to that. I've been. I agree. Not doing a- that, and I need to get back to it, but. This time of year, man, it is insanity. You know, like yeah. I'm hardly on the socials the, the past month. I just like catching up on messages and everything else. Like just a fucking zoo. Don't know where to go. So, <laughs> so start. are you building anything? Are you actually yeah. putting um, anything together? What are you up to? Couple things. I cut some I cut some moldings, like custom Pro, uh, custom molding profile that I came up with uh, on the ShopBot CNC, and so interesting. It was pretty cool. So I use VCarve Pro as my hell, I guess CAD and CAM uh, program now. Uh, VCarve Pro, not a full blown CAD. You can't necessarily do too much 3D stuff, but you know, for two and a half D kind of things, it works pretty well. Um, two and a half D. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to title you know, the podcast that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two and a half D. <laughs> That's like um, when my dad says, don't half ass something. And I go, wow, yeah, I'm going to three quarter ass. ass it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, uh, isn't that a, um, oh, I can't remember who. I'll just stop there. But anyway. One of the comedians so, came out. I yeah. think it's a comedian said that. What's cool in V-Carb is, and this is probably it's it's the same I I believe in fusion, but you just draw the profile that you want and then extrude it down a rail, right? So you imagine uh, okay, if you gotcha. slice yeah, yeah. the picture frame and you're looking at that sure. butt end, that profile that you see, you just press a button and it extrudes and it right drag down it that out. Rail. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, I know exactly say, what you mean. Send it to the shop bot and the shop bot cuts it. So to me, it was like fucking blew my mind, you know, because. To cut that profile, I would either have to have a shaper, which is like a yep. eight to ten thousand dollar fucking woodworking machine, and have a custom knife cut just at that profile, right? So I could cut them, and then if it if I only needed one picture frame. You know, there's an eleven thousand dollar investment for a picture frame. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got an eleven thousand dollar shop bot instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long can you cut this using the shop bot? Mm. I know there's a limitation, right? To well, so mine X axis. Yeah, mine's got a three foot bed, but I could tile it and keep oh, it going. Good point. Right? Yeah. Depending on how much. You could make much... a jig where you would it would hold the wood in the same spot and just like slide yeah. it down and have it. And I, you know, you might have a little bit sand of it. cutting air where it overlapped, but you could let it go, you know, depending on where you lined it up or whatever, how precise you want it to be. As long as, yeah, um, yeah as long as your x-axis stayed consistent, you know, yep. your y could li- line up and cut air. So anyway, I did that and then... Um, cut these moldings and my neighbor just down the street makes maps. And so he's got a business where he makes these maps and hold honest on, to sorry. God. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Is, so 
he's a cartographer. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know I they existed anymore, like, right? Like, like, and I'm a yeah, right. Like, I'm a geography nerd, so yeah, yeah. He he's a legit cartographer. Obviously, now all computer aided uh, yeah. design. And what work, is he making you know? maps of? So he's got maps of some pretty particular places sort of mostly in the pacific northwest he's got a cool like mount uh, st helens map he's got got it he's got a map the map i don't think i have it out here it's mitchell geography is his is his site but he's got a map of the state of idaho and it's nothing but the water bodies and rivers for the whole state and it's on okay. this really cool like the the whole page is blue and then the rivers are like a really light pale blue almost white and it just it looks it's really artistic you know like you wouldn't sure. think and that's what i would say about all of the maps that he makes is that they're they're almost in some ways some a lot of them are like national geographic style but even prettier the National Geographic maps, you know, he, okay. his use of color and theming is really neat. And it, it's like none I've, I've ever seen, honestly. So he was, um, he makes maps and sells them a few different places locally. And he reached out and said, Hey, would you be interested in making frames? And I was like, shit. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So, okay. so my first step was to make a couple prototypes. He brought over a couple maps and, uh, we came up with some design ideas and then I went and cut them on the shop bot. And so we're going to hang them up inside and enjoy them and maybe sell a few. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard of anybody that actually still does that. I'm, I'm I know. really interested in these old, um, they're kind of like those old brownish tannish maps that show yep. like, you know, just kind of like line drawings of different yeah. areas and places and the very artistic style i really like mm -hmm. those i don't own any i used to i just got rid of all the stuff that i had for a while there um kind of went yeah. through a cleansing period where i just yeah. gave everything away and then um but uh I, I some of my favorite like little postcards and stuff of like florida and everything are kind of drawn that way where it's yep. just you know and and they you know put like a little sea monster like out in the, yeah. in the gulf yep. of mexico yep. and all that shit i love that yeah yeah his are kind of, you know, they're not they're not quite that um, themed, but they're really dang neat. I'm I was um, he stopped over probably a year ago, and we got bullshitting, and you know it was like one thing led to another. He's like, yeah, I make maps, and I'm like, you fucking what? Like, I make maps, you know, like in my day job, I'm I'm crunching. Sure uh gis data all day and yeah i'm like so you actually print these fucking things you know i'm like and you make money <laughs> doing this he's these? like yeah he's like yeah, fuck exactly. yeah man he's you know he's like i've got i can't remember how many maps he said he had but um yeah and, and uh he sells them uh through his website and a few different places and he's like i've got a few different series that every time i print them i sell out you know yeah. And at 30 bucks a throw or whatever, you know, it's not a sure. bad price for I mean, once he once he does the work to design the damn thing, it's a printing exercise, you know. <clears throat> he has them all printed yeah. locally here in Boise and you know, on hippy dippy uh recycled paper and all that other sure. shit and yeah, it's kind of cool. Got to love that. Got to love that. I've been yeah. I've been working on um 
I've been working on I'm privately. I'm working on a blade. Yeah. Using the um, the induction forge as a um, method to heat up the steel, and mm-hmm. then taking it to the uh, anvil to flatten it. So this, if you can imagine, I buy okay. my steel in two inch wedges. Uh, I'm sorry, two inch uh, rectangles that are yep. about uh, three sixteenths of an inch, like point one eight seven. So like, uh-huh. you know. Too thick to be a knife uh, unless you're making a chopper or something, but I like to make culinary yeah. knives. So, yeah, um, uh, I've I heat it up using the induction forge and then take it to the anvil and bang it down, smash it to like just under like like point one. So, like, they're like the spine that is usually like point point 0.08 or point 0.09. Um, okay. you know, very, very, nice. you know, yeah, real, real thin, thin, yeah, yeah, and uh. And then um, I take it over to the plasma table and I, I well, I create the profile infusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've gotten kind of falling in love with these octagonal handles, yeah. uh, multi layers of wood. Bites, uh, ben, yeah. Yeah. Ben's bites has inspired me. And uh, you know, him and I, we talk a lot. And so, you know, he's always sending me handles and showing me how to do stuff. So, I started really, I'm, I'm nervous about the process because I don't trust myself like yeah. with this really nice wood. I have like a few stabilized <laughs> blocks that I'm mm-hmm. wanting to cut down. And it's like, so I'm practicing on like two by fours, you know, I'm doing yep. like cutting down two by fours into like five inch long uh, <clears throat> squares. And, yeah. then, and then I'm, and then and I'm you don't have like a planer sure. or a jointer to get them like perfectly flat and square before you start probably either. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. And that's how they, that's how the wood would come to me anyway. That's so yeah, tough. you're right. I yeah. never thought of it. I do have a table saw. I could probably get it close. Yeah. You know, I yeah. can get it pretty close yep. to this table saw. Uh, but, sure. uh, so you're right. I should probably do that. <laughs> Although I will say the way I make knives is I tell everyone, look, these are handmade. So they're not going to be yeah. perfect, and that's partially the reason why I like this so much is yeah. that they're extremely functional. They're usually they look handmade, uh, but there's you know there's going to yeah. be some imperfections, and that's like the part that I really love. And uh, anyway, so I'm I'm making this uh, K tip Gyoto, which is uh, like a Japanese style knife. Mm-hmm. I kind of fucked up the tang a little bit, and, and you know I think it'll still be fine, but my plasma cutter. I don't know some there's an error there's some issue with the my plasma torch and it it'll cut like halfway and then when it moves to another spot it won't fire and it's a known issue with this with this plasma cutter and I thought I had it fixed um, and I always thought it was like a grounding problem. Yeah, um, because it, it it's like at a copper tip, so it knows like you know it hits right. the steel, it knows how high it is, and then yep. it <laughs> fires. And it, in order for that fire to happen, it has to ground. And uh-huh. there's a ground strap that you connect to whatever steel. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make a complicated ground strap. I you know made like multiple yeah. ground straps and put it on the table, so everything is grounded, not just the workpiece, but like what it's resting on is grounded as well. Yeah. Um, and it seemed to fix it for a while and then stopped. It's now it's doing it even more. Oh, those kind of but, sensor um, things are always so fucking annoying uh, too. Well, not only that is, <clears throat> you know, like I took a hammer and hammered out this steel. So it's yeah. not like I can just slide the piece down and like do <laughs> right. it again. Like it took yeah. me four hours to oh, forge fuck, this yeah. thing out. 
Yep. And then I start thinking to myself, why do I even do this? Like I should just have a bandsaw, <laughs> right. have a porta bandsaw, just cut it out by hand. And I'm like, but that's not, I yeah. love the concept of running it through the CNC. Mm. Just, yeah. I love that idea the, that I can do that. When that breaks down and that process isn't efficient and effective enough to, to make sense. Right. Like that drives yeah. me batshit. Cause I found that with the CNC too, <laughs> you know, work. it's like, yeah, it sh- this, this should fucking work. And you get there and you're like, Oh, but that, Oh, and you know, and it takes you two hours, you're sorting through G code or some bullshit. Yeah. And you're like, well, and fuck this. Just like I got a goddamn jigsaw, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I got and a I fucking bandsaw, three jigsaws, all this shit. Like, yeah. fuck this CNC. <laughs> but but it is really handy issue- though. It is handy, but I think partially for me the issue is is that I actually enjoy the troubleshooting component of yeah, it. Yeah, I know. So, you know, I I find some you know some fun in that deep. as well. So you get deep down oh, those rabbit holes. I've been playing more time. with that um, that project I shared with you on the micarta, and uh, I think I'm going to make oh, some. Yeah. If not tonight, tomorrow. I've never made micarta, but it seems pretty straightforward. I got. What, well, my wife's doing it with a press, or what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I put together so on the shop bot, I'm going to carve actually a pattern into a block of wood. The idea being that okay. um, when the fabric goes in, right, it'll get smashed into this cool pattern, um, and then there'll be some wood left in there. So the pattern will be pretty darn deep. So that when it smashes the fabric down in, when I press it all together, I'll be able to sand through like the last, you know, the top two or three layers of fabric and that little bit of epoxy and get that cool wood pattern to come up through. So interesting. in the, in the uh, negative spaces, right. I'll have fabric and epoxy and micarta basically, and then as I come down through, it'll have this cool pattern that sticks up through. That and sounds then, really neat. Yeah, we'll see if it works. <laughs> I got My a bunch of total load with that, It's going to be air bubbles. Do you have a, that's a, what a pressure pot? I don't. And that's what I'm curious. I got a, a really slow set epoxy that okay. I'm going to try first and see what happens with that. And I don't know if it'll... I'm curious to see if it will cause bubbles in there when you're pressing it, that's the one thing I see that a lot well, when I pour it and it's a pool, but it's yeah, still generating the one, heat. The heat, the bubbles will most likely come from just trapped air, you know, yeah. it'll just be in there, which I, is the reason why I love the pressure pot. And if you yeah. ever want any, um, uh, sort of advice on that, I, I took, I got the hundred dollar one from Harbor Freight and with yeah. a coupon, I think it was like 70 bucks. Yep. And it does not take much air pressure. It, it really is. It's that pressure pot from Harbor Freight. And then it's a couple of fittings to kind of lock everything down. So, yep. cause it's not designed to nice. do what we're doing with it. You lock it all down and then uh, you put about 60 pounds of pressure. I mean, it's not okay. much. And, uh, and then let it sit for whatever time uh, is allotted for the cure of the epoxy. And yeah. I've not experienced a whole lot of air bubbles with it. Um, I've also done nice. experiments on both sides. I've done vacuum and I've done pressure pot pressure and with a epoxy. It, it almost always is more efficient to do the pressure. 
Yeah, that's reason. what I've heard. I always too. thought that the vacuum would be better, but it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't quite understand that, but I because I've got a vacuum pump um, to run those vac pad uh, vacuum clamps from uh, what's his name, Kuro's Carpentry. But I, I I've heard that too, and that's why I've never. Every time I've done epoxy, I, I I've mostly just done you know either it's using scary. it as an epoxy or a pour where you could easily hit it with a torch and you sure. know get the bubbles out of there. So but I'll be curious. It'll be, be a do that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a neat experiment. I got lots of wood and I got a CNC that can cut the same fucking thing a million times. So I'll just keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it gives me a ton of ideas to to think about. Like it would yeah. be so neat to do like some Greek patterning and like right? all kinds of interesting shit because I, that shot I thought box shit like it. you could carve a logo. You know, or or a touch oh, mark, yeah. or uh, or uh, the other ones that I've seen. Um, oh, what's his name? John from iBuildIt.ca. Grumpy old John. Um, <laughs> he's on YouTube, and uh, he made a micarta that had thin wood veneer in it, but okay. it was on a like a wave pattern. So. He took a block of wood on a bandsaw and just cut a wave into it, oh, like a, cool. a almost like a squiggly line thing. And then he laid his fabric down there, and then he laid the wood veneer in and more fabric on top. So when he sanded it uh, flat at the end, you know, he cut his two blocks of wood off and then sanded it. He had it almost looked like a, oh, you know, he had a section of epoxy and fabric and then wood epoxy and fabric and then wood. It was really neat. It kind of came up through. Yeah. It's kind of got my head spinning honestly, because the possibilities for patterns you could carve or whatever on the CNC are endless, you know? And, and since it's all just a layered uh, material, man, you could, you could really use that uh, patterning, or you know elevation change quite a bit in your in sure. whatever you're making so yeah i i can't wrap my mind around that topography stuff i think about it's it and trippy I, and, and it is tricky because you think okay i want this kind of pattern but you have to do like um you have to think of it in reverse right so then yeah. you're like okay well then i'm going to sand this down and i'm going to remove like you know say yeah. a quarter inch of uh, material yep. and, and then it doesn't look I, like anything like you thought it would look like that's where like the different 3d modeling uh tools are really handy right because you could you can model it in layers and chop off a layer and see um and oh, that's a good v-carve point. uh v-carve pro does a really good job with 3d in terms of laying what the machine will cut into your material. So you can see, you know, like if you're carving a bear and you stick the dang thing down, you know, and its nose is going to stick out of the top and, and not cut, it'll highlight that, you know, it'll be like, Hey, fucking this part of the model's not going to cut. So it has like a, um, kind of like an interference uh yeah like infusion i can tell it like hey is this going to run into something like you know yep. tell me like these are yeah. these lines are where you have the possibility of the machine um kind of yeah. colliding yep so, it so you can kind of feature yeah you can like design something and then lay it say that your workpiece that you're cutting out is you know 12 by 12 and three quarters of an inch thick but you're 
design is 12 by 12 and an inch thick, you'd see gotcha. the tops of the design coming through the the uh, workpiece. So it's kind of cool. You can kind of trick it a little bit to start looking at what it would look like if I sanded a half an inch off of this thing or, you know, different things just by changing your um, changing your actual material size and shape. So it's kind of neat to, you know, way to trick it. It definitely sounds cool and I can't wait to check it out. Um, yeah. I wanted to shift gears a little bit. Yeah, man, go for hard it. out and very yeah, yeah. a little bit here. Uh, a couple of things, <laughs> a few people have brought this up to me. And it's happened to me now. Uh, have you oh. had any like French advertising uh, been oh. being put through on the on the podcast when you listen to it? I Our just podcast. heard something in my bat in my ear that sounded like somebody talking. Yeah, okay. like literally so, just a minute ago. Okay, it just so, <laughs> that was probably not That's related, weird. but <laughs> okay, that might have been on your side, but. Did you drop acid before? It's just your kicking por- in. Your porn's playing in the background again. Turn it off. What the hell? I'm not kidding. No, so when I listen to not. the podcast, and this has happened to me twice, and in fact, I had somebody else uh, message me and send me a video of it. No shit. Is that it played, and it did it for me too. It played an, an, um, an ad for um, something in French, French and I don't dildos. really know why. Now... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I need to figure that out, obviously. So if you've That's experienced weird. that, like right in the like middle of the podcast, legit, it's just like, oh, it wasn't like our legit ad service or whatever kicking off. No, it is. It it's our French. ad service. It's our oh. ad service, but they're sending us things in French. So I don't really French. understand it, but or me anyway. But then um, also, uh, I wanted to say thank you to all our patrons because we are yeah. obviously <laughs> climbing that ladder, and it's been awesome but here's even you want to hear something crazy since we switched away from megaphone to red circle we are now making 15 bucks a month from our ads oh no kidding yeah from our ads not from patreon but so now we're we're like right there yeah man 15 (laughs) bucks 15.59 let me just say oh yeah but uh yeah uh we before but, but here's the thing I <laughs> see great. this as amazing progress. Like yeah, this is such a yeah. cool thing. Yeah, that hell our yeah. ads We're are being nine played. We're nine patrons and... too. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. We're growing. To me. I thank you so much, everybody. That's the doing fact that, that people uh, uh, in, enjoy it enough, and you know, uh, get enough out of it that they're willing to go and and you know, sponsor money or pay money every month is that to me is pretty crazy. So cool. It's yeah. awesome, and it I f- it makes really it makes cool. it all worth it. Not, I mean, I'd probably do it anyway, even if it cost me money. But it's yeah, really nice to know that people are 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 doing that, and we appreciate it. Plus, our analytics. I don't know. I didn't look at the reporting this week, so I don't really fully yeah, know where we're either. at. Uh, but we're we need to get it back on track with the um with uh doing the questions again and and here's yep. here's maybe I, I need to crowdsource this because yeah i was thinking it, if you had a a question you would want to be asked then make sure you send it to us via dm you can send it to me or ben and yep. we'll we'll compile a list uh, you can send it to the work for it dot podcast instagram feed as well you can email whatever mm-hmm. but 
here's my issue. So I'm running into a creative sort of block with the questions because I felt like I was starting to ask the same kind of question over and over. It's tough. Even though we're getting, you know, we're getting great response, but it is very tough to like try to figure that out. So, um, you know, and by the way, if you've been listening to the knife talk podcast, they have really dialed in their podcast. It's, I mean, I don't laugh out loud a lot. And when I'm listening to that lately. now, I am fucking dying with Craig I'm gonna, hanging I up wonder on what's going to happen when Craig doesn't get drunk, though. I don't know. He is funnier when it's he's drunk. It's just the I think. new, it's just that's the new rule. Yeah. No, I'll tell you, brilliant. man. It's brilliant. It's fun to listen to. And I want to steal that concept so bad. I, yeah. I, but I don't know if we're the type of show to be calling in on. I Maybe know. we are. I don't know. Well, but I think it's great. I think. I think we could do Collins, but maybe with a different theme. We'll have to come up yeah. with something. We'll brainstorm. I love some it. Ideas. I want to steal it. I want to Hell, steal. People all have their ideas concepts. on on anything. Say we don't do it well when we get back to just these kinds of shows. We don't have. We're not great. Neither one of us are great at keeping segments alive. We used to do shout outs to you know small makers and. That's fallen off a bit as well. I thought about that the other day. So, <laughs> we'll just hey keep man, I, we shouted out uh, the Several your Mitchell Paul. Mitchell uh, geography. Mitchell geography, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, we're 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 on it. We're doing it. The other we thing is, is that I I don't know what it has been like for you. I think we did talk about this briefly, but it's been so freaking busy the last couple oh, of months Lord. that. Yeah. Even some days where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to record the podcast, like to sit down and do it. I, know. But I love doing it so much and I love the feedback yep. we get. So I just, I feel like, you know, it's worth taking the time it to do it, it. And I, it's totally I'm way worth into it. it. So that, yeah. I don't know. You walk away from it. You just feel so much better about the week too. You know, I do. That's what I, always I feel find. like it's, it's part like, of it. All right. We got it. Okay. It just jazzes me up on things and it's, it I, does. Yeah. I don't want to it's it. it's almost as if because I've been in quarantine for so long, I've been by myself for so long, and yeah. just seeing the same like ten people over and over. Yep. Um, that it's nice to like connect with you, connect with the listeners, yeah. and that's why I'm like pissed off that we're not doing the questions because I'm like you know the, I yeah. love listening to their responses. I said right. I've gone back and reread. The a lot of the one like the for instance the one about the fathers was like really yeah. like there was so yeah. much in there that there it got is. to me like I emotionally yeah. like I'm reading this going holy shit man oh. like puts a ton People of stuff per, in perspective for me yeah it does yeah it really truly does and and just that I don't know it's to me it's still it's that feeling that that you've got this club that you can go to. You know, sure. and you don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> like that's what's kind of crazy right. about it. I think it's a good that's point. Like always, been crazy about it to me. It's like it's like sitting in the bar room, you know, without leaving your house, um, which is just Dude, really we convenient. Do, we right gotta, now. we gotta do we need the to, thing. We where should we, schedule just a uh, uh, like happy a hour or something. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That'd we got to do the thing we were talking about with the, not the clubhouse thing, but, uh, ah, yeah, that, I don't, I don't know about that thing. I haven't, I tried to get in involved in that, that and TikTok. I can't, I'm just, yeah, I'm just too fucking over it. it. I'm, I'm, unless in something blows up on Instagram and I like Instagram yeah. goes away, I cannot do another social media platform. Hey, really quick. Burned out. Did you Go see? Ahead. I heard on a podcast. 
um, and I've mentioned it on here before, but it's the For the Gram podcast. Yes. They they mentioned that Instagram came out and admitted that there was a bug that was affecting people's follower counts or their ability to gain followers. Okay. Um, and that, um, so they, they said, and then they listed pieces of the algorithm that it affected, which in turn tells you exactly what it is that they're looking for, right? <laughs> it's like ah. if they're saying the bug was in this piece of the algorithm where response time to, uh, it was response time to comments on your post. Uh, if it was within an hour, it should have sent it, you know, it should have pushed your post more, huh. <laughs> and, you know, in different pieces like that. Um, so that's I can't something remember. you have to do. You have to, like, I'll have to find to the, right. yeah, I'll have to find the details again. Um, I'll look it up and next week I'll come with that info. But I think it was, if you responded within an hour to comments, then yeah, it boosted your post even more and they would send it out. To but more this people. was a bug, right? And it didn't work. Yeah. So, well, it was a bug in this code, uh, that was preventing it from working basically, ah. but this is how it should have worked, but it wasn't for like a long time. Um, which is why everybody complain has been complaining. Like I don't see much engagement. I'm not seeing much follow, you know, many more yeah. followers and all that yeah. shit. It's just like, so fucking stagnant. I'll post now, a video on Instagram. It'll get 5,000 views. Yeah. And I'll gain like one follower from it. Right. And, and it's like, how, how the fuck does this even happen? Like, I don't it, get like it. to me, it, it's crazy. And then yep. I go on YouTube and I post a video and it immediately, you know, starts gaining Sales. traction. Yeah. I get, you know, like in one week, get 60,000 views. Well, I'll gain yeah. like, you know, 800 subscribers from that yeah. one recommendation. Not Instagram. But on Instagram, I'm stuck at 3,200 subscribers I'm you, and I'm creating amazing content over there. It's, if they don't do something, really they're going to they're gonna lose tons of people, I think. Well. But- you know, here's what I, here's what I've determined is that if they're not going to help me, why would I help them? And why am I going to yeah. continue pushing out content? Although I love fucking Instagram. That's the problem. I, know. I really the think problem. I connect with The community's just too good to leave, you know, but yeah. it's not good enough to monetize or anything like that, you know, or, or depend on I in any know. kind of way, I you know, know, it's, and I think, I think to some degree this is what it what they want it to be. They want these smaller circles of people who know each other well and that's all you see. Yeah. And it's like, well, there is value right. in that. I'm with that. Yeah. I, I see the value because I ultimately too. the people I connect with the most are on Instagram. They find yeah. me typically through YouTube and then they filter over there. But yeah, yeah, I mean I I mean, I don't the thing feel to me, afraid to post shit on Instagram to get slammed right. in the comments section like I do on, in- exactly. on YouTube. Exactly. So, yeah. You post yeah. something you're not quite sure about to Instagram, and then if it does well, move it to YouTube. It does well. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. And then otherwise, I, I mean, there's hardly any negativity on Instagram. So yeah, that's the other very part. rarely. Listen, yep. Ben Jammin, I got to right, go. Ben. I am on a Sounds hard good. stop today. I have... I All have good. 15 pounds of shit in a five pound sack Woo! and uh, I've got, yeah, I just got way too much going Time on, to get but shoveling. Hey man, I appreciate you so much. I hope you know that. And you I hope well, you, dude. um, 
have a great rest of your week and weekend because I think it's going to be beautiful in Boise from what I understand. It's getting there. It's warming up. It's warming up. Yep. It's getting there. Grass is greening up and yeah, flowers are coming up. I love that. You don't have to run the propane heater as much, I would imagine. Not nearly as much. About 4 a.m. to 5, I run it for a little bit and then we're good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you sleep when yeah because i'm getting you know, text messages from... from you by the way at like midnight and then i'm like and then at 4 a.m well, i see you active on you. Some shit. oh that's true that's true good point 4 a.m no, my time it, what's my I, time i what's, swing what's, to either three hours side behind. of the uh two you're you're two East hours coast. behind me we're mountain on mountain time. Co- mountain time yeah, yeah. mountain yeah. the mountain coast yes mountain of, time the mountain coast Perfect. of Idaho. How so. about it? <laughs> All right, amigo. We'll catch right, up brother. with you later, man. Thank you, everyone who has listened to the Work For It podcast. I hope that you are out there working for it. My name is Brian House. This has been the podcast. Enjoy. <laughs> I was waiting for you to close it out. All right. All right. I know. I was like, oh, hold I on. Let me try that again. Said something. <laughs> You've because you always you always go adios. Adios. You, know, you do something funny like that, and then goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Work for It podcast. My name's Brian Thanks House. Thanks for calling. Thanks Brian. for calling in. All right, Coming man. I, next week. I gotta go now. I actually later. Bye. Get out of here. <laughs> all right. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.